and all to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast for my solo review of Extreme Rules Horror Show. I am the devilish and handsome outlaw himself, your king of extreme, Bill KOE, here to dive right in, folks. Now, you're, you might be wondering, why did you not give us a regular live reaction or post-show reaction? Well, I decided since WWE is going to give us cinematic matches, I think I should return the favor and hand in a cinematic review, complete with nonsensical costume changes and teleportation. Yes, yes. All the necessities of a great cinematic match are here in this cinematic review of Extreme Rules, the horror show. So, folks, let's just get right into it. Uh, I watched Tony's review, and needless to say, Tony was not a fan of this show. I don't know why. I mean, let's be frank. There's WrestleMania 17. There's Starcade 89. There was, you know, Royal Rumble 97. And then, obviously, Extreme Rules, the horror show. I mean, if you were going to really make a Mount Rushmore of wrestling events, really. And then somewhere you'd squeeze in, uh, just, just for Tony, I'm sure you'd have to squeeze in AEW Stadium Stampede in there somewhere. Just to, just to really, just, wow, really spice that one up. I kid, I kid, of course, I kid. This event was, it was something. Something it, in fact, was. There was things that happened in and around a ring where at some point wrestling had occurred. So, let's get right into it. Uh, there was some actual kind of wrestling in the show's opener where we had the New Day. It's a New Day. Yes, it is against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Sarmura, Shinzaro, like there's, there's all kinds of fun you could have with that one, but we're going with Shinzaro for now. Poor Cesaro. Has that guy ever won a solo title or is he just the good little worker of the tag team division? I think we know that. I think we know the actual answer to that. So it was a pretty good match. I, in retrospect, probably better than the two stars that I gave it because it, it turned out to be one of a handful of actual wrestling matches that night. Oh, boy. So we move onward and upward. Uh, the next was Bailey versus Cross. Ah, Bliss and Cross, applesauce. We hardly knew he. I liked this match. It was actually... Bailey doing some pretty decent heel stuff, but she got out of there. She did some cheating. Nikki Cross is now has this journey of where do I go from here? And it could go in a lot of different ways. Compelling stuff. I gave it three stars because you know, Bailey's just on such a fucking roll right now. She it, she's just nail batting a thousand right now. Keep that belt on her. There's no reason to take it off of her anytime soon. So, Bailey, your heel run, I mean, 
eventually your heel run is going to be so good that the crowd is actually, once we get a crowd again, the crowd is actually going to turn you face. So you're not going to have much of a choice. You're going to be a super face within about two to three years if we actually allow real crowds to come back. So then we move on to the United States Championship segment. Let's call it that. This does require a little bit of a... Oh, Jesus. I mean, technically, MVP is the United States champion. I mean, he is the champion of these 50 nifty. Very easily one could make such an argument. But I also understand Tony G's argument that no real match happened, but potato, potato, tomato, tomato, really. I mean... We're both saying the same thing, just in different ways. MVP's a champion. You know, Apollo Crews wasn't able to defend the title. You know, we're basically saying the same thing. So I'm pretty sure we're, we're the same mind there. So Tony and I are basically tied. Unfortunately, champion takes the advantage. But if you don't take that interpretation, and you have been a fan of our podcast for some time, then you know, God damn it, Bobby Lashley! Why? Why? This was my one point, and again, somehow, you found a way through storyline to fuck me, like, somehow, again, it was Bobby Lashley that fucked me over on this one. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it was Bobby again. Why always Bobby? I'm still not forgiving you for Greatest Royal Rumble, Bobby. Sorry. Sorry. So, yeah, Bobby Lashley again. Don't know how, don't know why, but MVP is, in fact, United States champion. So, by Phil rules, it's basically, yeah, we're tied, we're tied. So, the eye for an eye match. Tony was not a fan of this. I get a really big impression that Tony was not a fan. As much as I hate to say it, God, I hate to say that this, in its own way, kind of compelled me. I was kind of doing this a lot while I was watching the match. And it had the, kind of, like, the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, this is medieval. Well, like, this is happening, like, this is just medieval. And it had the mystique of the old school barbed wire matches where, all right, let's say this is my opponent and this microphone is the barbed wire. Oh, is he gonna, is he gonna push his head into it? Is his head gonna go into, oh my goodness, oh, oh, oh and the baby face breaks away. Glenn Murray lives to fight another day. Cabernet Casterbridge, good stuff, my boy. That was kind of the interesting mystique of the match. The finish was going to be shit. We all knew that. It was going to be a bad finish. I, I really thought it was going to be Dominic coming out, getting on his knees. Please, no, Seth. Please, I'll join your Monday Night Messiah group, whatever you want to call it. I'm in the cult. Sign me up. Never happened. He never showed up. Ray, uh... Got his eye somewhat-ish removed. Now, that, that's actually happened before. Uh, one of the Wild Samoans actually had his 
eyeball pop out of its socket in a wrestling match. And he just, you know, pushed it back in. But he had really long hair at the time. And so actually a little bit of his hair got underneath his eyeball. And so he had to just, and he said it was one of the weirdest feeling things. It didn't hurt, but it felt weird. So that's, there is precedent for that happening in the wrestling industry accidentally. So Rey Mysterio's eye extraction, which I've heard was a ping pong ball. Because basically, okay, here's a towel, folks. Here we go. There you go. This is Ray selling. This is Ray selling it. And, okay, this sample bottle of art bag that Chicken sent me with. Here you go. Here's the ping pong ball. Oh, no. Okay, get the towel on it. Get the towel on it. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so that was the extent of what you saw of that fairly bad special effect, which, funny enough, I heard the backup plan was going to be CGI. A part of me kind of wishes they had gone through with it just to see how, because I've seen their augmented reality that they do on their entrances, and that it, it would have been so bad, it would have been good. It would have been perfect for that B-horror B movie, B-C-D class horror movie, where there's a CGI eyeball Googling around. Yeah, it, it would be great. It would be great. <sighs> so, Tony, you're really gonna disagree with me on this one. You're gonna, but I gave this three point five stars, three and a half stars. I actually, it compelled me. It compelled me in that old school ECW. Just, oh my god, oh, like because that that was what. Like I remember so many times when I'd watch old school ECW, my reaction was, oh, is he? Did he survive that? That was my reaction. That's what made their presentation so compelling. And as much as I hate to say, there was times that that same, like, you know, just general shock was back. And I got to give him credit. You really needed a guy of the caliber of Rey Mysterio to even attempt to get this one over. Seth is basically a legend by today's standards but it was definitely Rey Mysterio kind of leading this if you will I mean Seth great worker great worker but when it's Rey Mysterio is the one that's gonna have to sell his eye getting pulled out I think you let Rey just kind of lead the match he did so marvelously uh, Jim Cornette's review, which was pretty funny. And in a few moments in this match, some random professional wrestling broke out in the middle of it, which was kind of funny. Gave me a chuckle. Yeah, 3.5. Sorry, Tony. I know you're not going to agree with me on this one. But, yeah, it had the old-school barbed wire match mystique, and I was invested. And I got to say, Bailey, you cut a 4.5-star promo. I'm giving you that. Afterwards, you go, Ray, just so you know, you're a legend. But you're not seeing double. I got two titles here. So <coughs> that was too funny. That was too funny. Uh, then they tell us, oh, Ray, he, his eye 
might be intact, depending on whether he re-signs the company or not, to be frank, which uh, is, that, that aspect's dumb. I, I think they could have done that whole match and they could have gotten out of it and nobody would have really complained too hard. If they would have had Dominic beg out and say, no, Seth, I will join your cult. Please, please spare, please spare my father. I'm, I'm part of your group now. We would have all bought that. But it is what it is. Bailey cuts an amazing promo, great heel promo. Like I said, Bailey, the crowd, when they let the crowds back, are going to turn you face, whether the creative or backstage or anybody likes it or not. So, oh, man. I'm worried about you, Bailey. I mean, we've, we've seen what happens when other people get, get over on their own. And, oh, that ain't good. That ain't good. So, fingers crossed. So, moving right along to one of the highlights of the night, Sasha Banks versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. This was a technically sound and well-put-together match. I think it stood out to people so much when you were comparing it to the rest of everything else we saw that night. Like, MVP just kind of walks away with the belt. We just watched the eye for an eye match, which some people are going to love, some people are going to hate, which is good controversy in wrestling as far as I'm concerned. Banks versus Asuka. I love the idea that Banks, I have to win this title. I have to be equal to Bailey. I don't want to be left behind by my tag team partner. That's, it's a compelling storyline just on the face of it. So I was compelled with this whole match. And then Bailey takes the referee's shirt off, puts on the ref shirt, counts the three count, even though that's not legal, never has been, declares the match over, and Sasha and Bailey run away with all four titles. Uh, what? I really, I think the fans would have even accepted a clean win or loss one way or the other just because the match was so good. But I get that this does advance what they're trying to get to with uh, Sasha Banks and Bayley. Uh, the fact that Asuka has to now do the I'm the champion trying to get my belt back nonsense. I've never liked that angle. It always makes your champion look weak. It's like, oh, you're the champion, but you can't even hold, like, you're the, the baddest person on the planet, but you can't even hang on to this strap for 15 minutes. Uh, I, I've never liked that. So, but Banks versus Asuka, I give 3.75 stars. Amazing performance, ladies. Then we move on to the, um, eh, fuck it, let's call it the main event. Drew McIntyre. Versus Dolph Ziggler. Now, yes, Tony alluded to the fact that he and I were there to see the McIntyre era get christened. And little did we know that was going to be the moment. It wasn't going to be at WrestleMania. Him winning Royal Rumble was going to be probably one of the biggest pops in WWE that year. Wow. I mean, come to think of it, yeah. Drew McIntyre kicking Brock Lesnar over the top rope may very well have been the loudest pro wrestling reaction of 2020. 
that, that might end up being the case. So moving right along, I loved the stipulation of this match. I was jealous of the stipulation. Like, there's so, like, Tony, do you know how many times I wish in any of our feuds, it's like, all right, the stipulation is extreme rules for Phil KOE only. That is brilliant. That is just like, oh, Dolph Ziggler and anybody who came up with that, mwah, 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 I kiss it three times. It was that good. And I like, it did add an extra element of psychology to the match. And it let Drew work over that psychology if he's damn it i'm getting frustrated i can't use this and it really helped kind of round out some of the edges on his character there if you will um i i liked it i liked this match a lot uh the finish was also perfect the timing was perfect with the up kick right into the claymore Absolutely marvelous. I gave this one also 375 because it was it, it was a great solid wrestling match that had a great stipulation. It was memorable, it was unique, it was new. And you had Dolph Ziggler doing it. You really can't ask for much more. Uh yeah, Dolph's just so amazing between those ropes. He is one of those guys that truly could have a good match with the broom handle. I'm quite convinced of it. Like, you, if you were to put him in there with some random inanimate object, you would find a way to put it over. So, uh, Dolph, one of the great un unsung heroes of wrestling. I'm just going to raise my glass to you, sir. My God. 3.75. As good as the Banks Oscar match for entirely different reasons. Thoroughly entertained, and Drew is well on his way to being the guy. I, if you would have told me even two years ago that one of the dudes from Three Man Band was going to be the guy, wouldn't have believed you. But here we are. And then we move on to. The Swamp Match, the Swamp Fight, the Fireflies, Swamp Time, whatever you want to call it. It was a journey. It was interesting. The th I, I found it interesting that, okay, Braun shows up, I'm home. And then the lights go out, poof. And now he's got to play cat and mouse with Bray. It's like, oh, great. All right. And what a cat and mouse game they played. Braun Strowman was attacked by Braun Strowman. If that sounds like it doesn't make any sense, no, it doesn't. You can go back and watch the clip. Nope, makes no sense. So I'm sitting here watching this going, huh. This guy was a wrestler, right? He's your universal champion. And he's doing this. So Braun Strowman hits Braun Strowman in the face of the shovel. You know, when I started this wrestling podcast, I really thought of all the sentences that would fall out of my mouth. That one wouldn't. That one would not. Braun Strowman attacks and hits, hits Braun Strowman in the face with a shovel. 
just I'm just I'm just gonna leave that one there. Okay. So moving on, moving on. Braun is now strapped to a chair with a chain. Now keep in mind, this is a man who's tipped over ambulances and all kinds of craziness. He tipped over a semi truck. Boy, the reinforcement on those steel chains, I, it must be something. It, it must really be something. I want to have all of the equipment on my farm built out of that stuff because it, it must truly be some of the best. Or maybe it's got some Bray Wyatt super magical powers. I don't know. So then we get Bray Wyatt. One of the things that did pop me was Bray Wyatt's old music. Like, hey, nice. So he's coming in. And it's the old cult leader, and he alludes to the fact that the fiend and the cult leader Wyatt are battling inside Bray Wyatt's head. And maybe if he destroys Braun, it'll make it better. So, all right, all right, okay. He's a character that's got some deep issues, and he's not handling it well. I can get behind that. Sure, why not? So this continues. Braun finally gets out of the chair somehow. Oh yeah, he gets bit by a snake. Okay, so there's, and then afterwards, of course, he's, we, the, the big, the big moment of this, the one that almost made Tony lose his smile, I'll be honest with you, it was, he was contemplating retirement, but just like when Shawn Michaels lost his smile with that career-ending knee injury and he was out of the ring for almost two weeks after that one. Tony was contemplating retirement, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, Tony G was contemplating retirement and then he decided to come back and not relinquish his title to King of Extreme. But we'll get, we'll get there later. What made him lose his smile was the goddess Alexa Bliss potentially being revealed as Sister Abigail. And that was like, wait, what, what? I saw a picture on what culture of Alexa Bliss being Sister Abigail, I don't know. I said, uh, maybe just watch it. Don't, don't get that committal to this being real. And it, it might've been a hallucination. I don't know if Alexa Bliss is Sister Abigail. Enjoy the new role. I'm sure she will be spectacular as it, come on. So, it eventually gets to a fight on a dock. Bray Wyatt gets thrown into a boat. The boat goes off this way. And then inexplicably, the boat comes back this way. Braun checks. Mm, big Braun, no Bray. And of course, he gets beat up with an oar. And he's like, you made me do this, Braun. You made me do this. And then Braun throws him into the water. And then, this is actually kind of cool, they throw up uh, in about this corner of the screen right here, on, at the end of WWE events, there's always that little title credit scene of all copyrights held by World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated, blah, blah, blah. Braun's like, it's over. So they're just about to get the credits going. And then, the hand reaches up, ah, and he's going for the mandible claw, and he throws Braun in, oh, and so, Braun Strowman is in the swamp. And then, okay, did Bray win? Then Bray tries to escape, ah, but he gets pulled back in. And the only thing that emerges is the Fiend. So the Fiend is now fully in control of Bray Wyatt. 
Mr. Rogers Bray wasn't able to do it. The Swamp Master Man, Swamp Master Bray, there we go, was not able to get it done. So it's up to the Fiend to recapture that Universal Championship. Just like we all knew it was going to take from the very beginning. But here we are. So how do you grade this? I know Tony's not going to agree with me at all here. He's going to be a little disappointed. But I'm giving this 275. There was points that it actually did compel me. Like, I was like, hmm, what am I watching here? There was a lot of things that weren't good. There's a lot of things that weren't good. But it did continue this feud in a way that I'm actually going to want to watch The Fiend versus Braun finally. So they finally closed the chapter on Braun and Swamp Master Bray. That has been put behind them. It was done in a cinematic match. So we now move on to whatever. Hopefully SummerSlam will be just around the corner. Maybe they will even let a few people in. We'll see. So, folks, that was my review of the cinematic match for this cinematic review for Extreme Rules. Boy, remember last year Extreme Rules 2019 was one of the better pay-per-views of that year. Boy, now, if you were going to put a Mount Rushmore of bad pay-per-views from WWE, it would probably undoubtedly be Extreme Rules 2020, Hell in a Cell 2019, Hell in a Cell 2018. Wait a minute, I'm noticing a pattern here. But anyways, moving right along, folks. As I am known to say around here, all that! Being said, this has been my review of Extreme Rules, the horror show. And to fans of a certain type of wrestling, this was certainly a horror show. But there was parts that were compelling. We'll just have to let history be the judge of that one. But, folks, please, like, share, subscribe to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. Like, share, subscribe to KOE Nation on YouTube for all your KOE content, and also subscribe to Big Buck and Entertainment, where you can catch up with me, Tony and Chicken, and all the crazy happenings there. So, folks, please, like, share, subscribe, keep that notification bell on, so you can keep up with all the happenings of this gorgeous mug as we move onward and upward. And, Tony G, I tied you as far as I'm concerned with this particular event, but, folks, please. Let us know in the comments what you'd like to see. Join us in the future, folks.